Welcome back to the Dark Side Live podcast. Um, so tonight I've got a good friend of mine, got John Atkin coming on, uh, discuss all things martial arts and uh, some other areas as well. Now, um, I can see John there just jumped on straight away. Um, so just press the request button there, John, um, and then we'll just get straight into it. that connection now so just waiting for that connection to come up um just whilst we get it done um obviously like you know you've probably seen you've seen um the uh, the logo's changed the name's changed it's just obviously transition all over to uh, the dark side podcast now um, rather than just be come under welcome back to the dark side um, so that's going to be coming uh, that's all been changed now so fully transitioned over so we're going to just keep that um, under one title okay um, so just obviously just waiting for John to join there um, just hope this connection can come through and like um, so like I said just whilst we're just waiting there um I don't know what happened there but like um they like said if we have transitioned fully over to the um uh, dark sides podcast page now as so everything will run through the podcast uh page uh, rather than the old welcome back dark side because that's something that i've previously done I, and now that i want to um i want to obviously they like, come away from i want to just go straight into um the dark side podcast um so if I'm just going to wait for John just to send another request across there and just wait for that connection. Um, but like I said, really, that's why the whole idea, the whole logo um, and the name change as well. Just hope we can get that connection now. Hey. Good evening. Good evening. How are you doing? Yeah, yeah. Good, my friend. How's the family? Uh, yeah, hectic. Everyone was just helping us do this. I don't know if it's the first time we're doing this, so it's a uh, bit... She's a tech whiz, isn't she? Yeah. Heavy, heavy. No, she's doing really well with it. Brilliant. Now, uh, so has it been busy at the gym today? Getting it all oh, yeah, ready? very hectic. Yeah. Very hectic. Uh, painting, everything. It's it's sort of upside down at the minute, but it's getting yeah. there. It's quite a bit, a bit of paint, really. Yeah. Yeah, considering the size of the gym as well, that's going to take some doing that. Yeah, um, well, you, do, you start one place and end up somewhere else and end up like, we better do it all. Exactly, you start in one corner, don't you, and work your way around. No, and you start looking somewhere else and you go, yeah, that's not working, we just start <laughs> yeah. doing that. Just got to get this done. So this, obviously, you know yourself, this podcast is very free-flowing. Always do a bit of backstory yeah. as well. Um, and then, obviously, get everybody up to speed of like your, your uh, backstory. Um, so if you just want to jump in there and just give a brief like, backstory to yourself there. Um, I'm John Atkin. Um, I'm a full-time martial artist. Uh, I've been full-time since '93, uh, which was full-time martial artist before full-time martial artists were popular. Uh, what are, everyone's asking, what are you doing for a proper job? This has been my proper job since '93. Um, uh, teaching ninjutsu, uh, kickboxing, submission wrestling. Uh, switched on syllabus, which is self-defense. We do traditional weaponry, and we teach children's classes. I work with knife awareness. I work with the police and the military. Um, so I basically do as much as I can and help as many people as I can. Yeah, definitely, definitely. Because it's something that obviously, like, um, and obviously I've trained with you in a different um, couple of disciplines as well with the jiu-jitsu yeah. and the kickboxing and also the British Combat Association as well. Um, yeah. Done those courses as well, switched on defence. So, I mean, really, that you know, you've covered that great angle. And I know that's something... That obviously me and Mark Moore were discussing about the different like yeah. really you can go through five, six, seven different types of martial arts, but yeah. then you know that that kind of all got those elements to them. Yeah, you, you pick out what you need really and yeah. discard the rest. But if that's personal, that becomes your signature of how you deal with it. Exactly. Um, so I find that the best way to look at it. Yeah, because that's something that obviously with you know with yourself and that it's always like that that Bruce Lee mentality almost of like you yeah. like said take a piece from that and exactly how Bruce Lee designed his own system that part where yeah. he took a piece from this and a piece of that because I know sometimes when we train and I'll also say to you oh, we'll do one technique and I'll think of Sankyo because I go yeah. straight back into Aikido that I used to train yeah. in and then and it's like 
you know, how do I do it? You know, and you kind of just take these pieces from each, don't you? And yeah, it's, it's quite mixed. It's all right to do that because half it's in your default setting from what you yeah. remember of things. So sometimes it sort of comes comes into one or the other. Sometimes it's nice to put them into little boxes. So if you're doing that art, do that art. But there's yeah. always going to be a crossover in art. There has to be. Yeah, yeah. There's a wheel so much that's going to be eventually a circle and the circle's becoming a wheel. Yeah, definitely. Because I think what I found myself with doing ninjutsu, I like kind of look at it, it's, it's like the original MMA. It's got so many different elements in it. And I know yeah. something Mark touched on where it's like basically it's no rules. And yeah, they tell you what something... you can't do when you keep, well, that's what we're going to do. Why exactly. would you make a rule for your self-defense? It's your self-defense. <laughs> you should win. The only thing you can have to do is survive. Like Keith Porter would say, Roko yeah. Dojo is meant to survive. Yeah, definitely, definitely. Because I think that's something that with this whole rise, and we've discussed it many times, and we, and we will touch on the McDojos at one point. Oh, no. <laughs> our favourite. Yeah, our favourite subject. Um, but I know something that I will touch on it, and I know this is the kind of, we've had this big discussion. If you remember back, there was there was a technique you did, you just done the technique, and it turned into a bit of a, bit of a drama, didn't it? Where it yeah. was like, yeah, and it was like, what's it? It was going on the four, five hundred comments. Yeah, and it was just, it's different people's perspective of what they see, I yeah. think. Um, I think that's the best thing about it, isn't it? When we had that discussion, how everybody, and, and I know a lot of people were saying, you, you were just literally showing the technique. I mean, if you were to describe the technique and kind of we'll follow on from there. Right. Um, I was doing a grounded-based technique, but what I was doing is basically putting a knee on stomach, and I was using the knee on stomach to get up, so you'd press them down to get up off them. Yeah. Uh, and somebody said, I would have put you into half guard, I would have done this. Yeah. That wasn't the principle behind it. You could have done something else. Um, but the principle was the getting up bit. What the field to see is I wasn't staying there. I didn't want to court the ground. Yeah. I was using the ground to get back up, and where... They, they would have put in a quarter guard and things like that. That was the principle behind it, but that wasn't in the context that was shown. So yeah. everyone can take everything out of context how they want. It, I believe my technique would have worked that day. <laughs> so that's up to whoever else's opinion that said it mightn't. Um, but it, that did go on for about a week, yeah. um, that two and four conversation. And I've got to say 99.95% agreed with me. So yeah. obviously my technique was to be an all right yeah. But I have everyone has the right to their own opinion. Yeah. But when they try to force their opinion on you, I don't agree with that. I stick to my job. You stick to yours. Exactly. And I think what it, what made it worse was everybody had made valid points of why it was correct, and they yeah. just wouldn't back down. That that particular person was like knew they were wrong, but they it was the yeah. ego took over, and they couldn't admit they were wrong. And I, I think, think three, three people agreed with them, and two of them were these students. Exactly, exactly. That was the funny part about it. Was you had two people now, I think it was hundreds of people saying, but John's right. That is yeah, correct. I, because I, you would, um, you the would might that. not be right in that sense. I was just yeah. doing the technique. Yeah. Because I think that's what some people forget when, because you can go in that context where we've, well, obviously we've discussed that part where you get a lot of, there's too many opinions in martial arts, as, you, as we've always discussed. Yeah. It's a very opinionated um, yeah. sport, can you say? But really, you're not training for sport. You're training to survive. Mm. Like you're saying, it's as simple mm. as that. And I know there was that one video was put out and I know the guy had obviously he was full-time jujitsu, jujitsu, took him down on the ground, went to an arm bar and basically got stabbed several yeah. times. And that just shows, and I know obviously myself and Eddie Cohn, Eddie yeah. has said this, you do not train for a sport, you train to survive. And he, he works very mm. much on your principles as well where yeah. you will take the person down. And the worst place you want to be is on the ground. I like Eddie's a nice man. Yeah, definitely, definitely. Um, and I think that's what it is as well. That's why I'm trying to get a lot more diverse on the, obviously, the people that I speak to, uh, more on the factors, just to show, because I think a lot of times it can be taken massively out of context with martial mm. arts, and especially on social media. Everyone's, oh, you know, everyone's a martial artist, isn't it? Yeah, it's a bit like... Um... If a boxing fight on the telly and everyone's a boxing expert, exactly. uh, martial arts are exactly the same. Everyone's done martial arts. They'll love to tell you that they've done martial arts 20 years ago and it wouldn't work on them. <laughs> okay, what did you stop martial arts for? But really, yes, your martial arts could be in principle behind everything, but yeah. really the main factor should be learning self-defense with it. 
exactly. I think, exactly. but it's your personal opinion. It's your signature. Somebody doesn't like your signature. I've really got bad handwriting. Um, so, but that martial arts is my signature. It's my signature of my martial arts. So it's not somebody else's. Look at uh, Ichizuka, look at Nagato, look at Noguchi, yeah. if you look at the bunch of can. Um, they're all doing ninjutsu. The old stylist is slightly different, but it's their personality. Why can't you have a personality in it? If people don't like your personality, don't watch. Exactly. And I think that's something that brings out a very good point. And I think with the whole, like, because people see it as like ninjutsu, or they may look at Bujikan, because Bujikan is just that one particular area. Now, mm. obviously, with the big developments over the last six month year, um, we've yeah. had Sumi stepping down now. I think myself personally, it was a very good move the way he did it. He split it up so there wasn't that ego there. And yeah. it wasn't, you know, and I think it needed that change because as we've always discussed, ninjutsu's had that bad rap, especially if you went into the 80s, you know. It's had 900 it, years of bad press. It has, not it? And I think about time. But the, the part that I always touch on is there's been so much bad press in it, but yet it's always something that like special forces fall back on. They yeah. are essentially the modern day ninja when you look yeah. in that context. Because I mean, we, I mean, Budo to me is one of those things I've always loved. And I know yourself, mm. you're very deeply rooted in the whole Budo. And I yeah. think what it is, is it's better to keep everything simple, keep everything structured in a way where it's free flowing, but there is a very good structure there. Yeah. Um, all the basics never change. The basics no. won't change. Basics are basics. Get a good grounded in the basics and they adapt into what they class as advanced techniques. It's not just, yeah. it is just basics added together. Get good, solid basics and do it that way. You'll enjoy the art, but you're not just doing the historical aspect of it. You're getting home yeah. safely with it. Yeah, um, definitely. Because I think that's the way that we've always perceived it as being. It's a it's a very traditional martial art, but applied in that modern application. If it's applied in a modern application, a lot of times people just prefer to be in the bubble, if you forgive the pun for yeah. nowadays. Yeah. And they want to be in the ninja bubble where they want to be historically correct. Um but hysterical in combat, if you look at it that way, they're not very good at it. Yeah. Um, I'd rather be historically correct as best I can in a yeah. layman's terms. Um, I don't care what colour belt I've got. I don't care if it was raised in Japan. It's got my name on it. I know, my name, I know what my name is. I don't need <laughs> my name on the belt. That gets back to the Mac Dojos. But yeah. um, I need to get home safely. I need to teach people how to get home safely as well. I'm doing them a disservice if I don't. I'm not teaching this art. To go, oh yes, this is historically correct, but it could get you killed. Why would I want to do that? Uh, you're, you're entrusted with uh, correct technique, so you should give correct technique. There is no good knife defences. I said that we're doing the knife awareness, and people like open arms if you give the bun. But they were like, oh, you can't do this. This works all the time. No, it doesn't. There is no good knife defences. Yeah. Um, I mean, I was specifically asked by the MOD to do knife work. Um, for knife awareness um, after Lee Rigby got killed yeah. um, so I worked with different groups uh, more do knife awareness yeah. a lot of them had bayonets on the lanards and every time they got told to put the bayonet in or engage the bayonet they're like wow I can stab with it like dad's army but they couldn't yeah. fight with it Yeah. Um, but it's a workable tool in a close combat an area yeah. so it could have been used but a lot of times it was used like dad's army let's stab yeah. a a sandbag, but it wasn't used in a practicality sense. But then seeing what the knife works like also gives you no false sense of your skill yeah. level. There is no good knife defences. Exactly. I think something we've always touched on is like, really with knife work, it's run. If you yeah. can run, run. It's as simple as that, isn't through it? Relatives, through relatives you don't like at them. You know what I mean? Yeah. Anything you can do, you hit them with anything if you can possibly do it and escape. You're only going to get away with your life, hopefully. Yeah, um, definitely. Because I think that's suffered massive, especially over the last few years with knife crimes happening. And I think it's just like a lot of them people, um, it's like really, it's kind of like you think yourself, that's the best defence sometimes. It's just to run, just get out of there, yeah. get out of that area. Because really, there's no, um, there's no like bravado, should be no bravado involved in yeah. a sense of Afghanistan, I should stay and fight. If you're outnumbered and outweaponed, find a weapon, find something else to hit them with. Exactly. Uh, stay away from them. If you can run away, escape. If you can't run away, fight hard. Yeah, uh, disarm them, break the arm, go to them after that. Uh, see what you want. So you've just got to find the best way to do it, really. Yeah, because I think that's what it is. That's where it does. Because I know myself, and I've obviously explained to yourself, with some martial arts I've done previously with the karate, I found it was very structured and it was very still. And it was yeah. like, yes, textbook. Some good like technique, 
but it's very textbook. Where I yeah. find with like ninjutsu and other art forms, it's that free flowing. Now, there's yeah. something that was, I remember it was going back maybe about a year, two years back. Um, and I know you've done one technique, and I know that's when I said the penny dropped. Because I watched yeah. you, how you moved around a person, and I was like, that was it. That was that moment that I realized how you actually, instead of you're trying to try and move somebody around, you're moving them around them. And it was yeah. just these little things. And I think it was one video you did and you slowed it down. And I watched how it was like, you're just moving this, you're moving around a person, but you're moving them. And it's done that very small distance, isn't it? Yeah. It's like um, what Mark said about unbalancing people. Yeah. When you unbalance them, like, um, uh, Take the balance, take the center line, take the movement yeah. off, and they can't fight. If yeah. you if they keep the balance, they can fight on. Try to take the balance, try to stop them from fighting. Exactly, because mm. it's just those minimal moves. And I know, obviously, I've I've seen you like you could you, when we've done technique base, and you've took somebody who's like say take Alan, who's like six foot, and what is he like six foot something, and hitting the eighteen stone, and I've watched yeah. you just drop him to the ground, but not forcefully you've never no. used that force you've literally you've like corkscrewed them to the ground and it's like yeah. wow you know it's and it just shows it truly is weight shifting not weight lifting yeah. why wouldn't you want to lift somebody that's that size just move them till they lose the balance exactly it makes no sense to me you wouldn't lift try and stir the weight and go i'm going to lift that if you can't lift it like shift it yeah and um, people go out oh, to get the ego thing involved i need to lift them i need to throw this tip yeah. his balance yeah, because sometimes it's that minimal power. movement, isn't it? It's that minimal movement that just shifts the whole dynamic of it, where you yeah. will just like drop somebody, but it's done in that. It's it's almost done in a way that you don't have to use any power. And I know I've been very guilty of that, where I'd get very tense in the technique, and I would, you know, and then suddenly stop and think, but that's it. I don't need to do that. And then I found I was very free flowing on that part. Yeah, Hatsumi always says, um, if you use one ounce of set strength, you're doing it wrong. Yeah. Because generally, tend the ego sort of gets involved. You can't shift them, so you try to put a bit more weight in it. Yep. So if you can't shift them, there's obviously a reason why they can't shift or they won't move in that particular direction. Find out where the balance is. If you can move the balance, you can move the rest of the person. You can't force them. So it's to me says find the center balance, which like do the uh, weight shifting, not weight lifting. Absolutely, because I think that's what it is, and I know going uh, obviously onto the next start of it, a part of it is where with any technique base, and I know myself that that's something I know I've discussed with like Mark as well, and it's to do with gradings and belts, and I know this is a big issue in martial arts. It seems to be like I know we had that part about someone who'd come in and they would look at it, it was like graded to a fifth dan, and it yeah. was like <laughs> they couldn't even do the basics. It was like hang on a moment, shouldn't you have known all that before you got your belts? And I know it's a bit of a controversial topic. And, and I've always looked at it as like, I agree that first my perspective was that, to learn a discipline, work through the belts, yeah. you know, and then, then I suddenly realised, really the belts has got nothing to do with it. It's, you've got to learn those basics. I mean, Hatsumi perpetrated the myth in the sense, yeah. uh, people going to Japan and you knew what they were coming for, they were coming for a belt. Yeah. Um, they brought out the Bunjinkan rulings, I think it was 1992, something like that. They bring out a new guide for the Bungeon Can. And what they were saying is the coach and instructor charges twice as much for a grading and use that extra money for them to go to Japan and train. Yeah. So they can continue on those training. I didn't really adhere to that. I didn't find that was fair in a sense. Yeah. Um, because a lot of people did just, just to go to Japan, if they could afford to go to Japan, just to grade. So they would grade the students' grades take the money, go to Japan, get another grade, come yeah. back, grade the students again, go to Japan, get another grade, till the point is they went to get graded they didn't go to train. Um, yeah. To me, the whole essence would be the training, I think. It yeah. shouldn't be the grade. Um, don't look at the belt, look at the person, really. Yeah. But Absolutely. people look at the belt or they, they throw the grade at the. Oh, I'm a yeah. such and such. Always ask a person. Um, Jeff Thompson says years ago, when we're talking about it, he said, I'm such and such a grade. And he says, but people wanted to know Jeff Thompson, the fourth Dan, Jeff Thompson, the sixth Dan. Yeah. He says, I was Jeff Thompson, a black belt. He was okay. But yeah. they were more impressed with that in a layman's terms. And he says, really, my message is exactly the same. They just got impressed that there was a certain grade. Yeah. So he says, sometimes you use the grade to open the door to get your point over. 
Because people don't want to hear, a, oh, you're a black belt, oh, you're a black belt, yeah. But what if you're a master teacher or whatever they want to call it this day? Yeah. Um, they want to hear that. But that's just a layman's terms. As long as, he, like you said, as long as you can get the message over, tell them the message. Um, but people are impressed by grades. Yeah. Um, but I just see people. You've got to see yeah. the person. Um, people think grades define the person. That really should be the other way around. The yeah. person should define the grade. But exactly. unfortunately, that doesn't happen a lot. Yeah, definitely. Because I know, obviously, we had that issue, uh, obviously, with a, um, with a club. And obviously, you know, I think that's something that I kind of, like I said, at first, I was quite ignorant in the fact that I'd always looked at that way of like the belt systems and, you know, gradings until I started getting more and just taking that step back and looking at it and realizing that it's the basics that count. If you can do the basics well, then everything falls into one place. Yeah. It's then it's it like really you could do, you know, that set of techniques, that set of techniques and keep getting your belts and your grades. But really you could rush through them. Like you said, I know it's something that you actually made a very good point on. And it was about the children's class that you would turn mm -hmm. around and say, why would I grade a child who couldn't do those techniques? You, yeah. You're going to make them disappointed, and plus, you're going to build up their, build them up that much that they're then going to yeah. crash. When they eventually, eventually, yeah. these parents can't force them to get a grade. I fell out with people because of that, yeah. because they've been intermittent on the training. The child's come to a grade, and I said, "You're not eligible to grade because you haven't trained enough." The parents get deeply offended, um, and they leave. But yeah. why would anyone be allowed to be put into an exam to not pass? In a sense. Yeah. That makes no sense. We don't charge for children's gradings. No. So, which probably puts me to the minority of, of people. <laughs> um, they, they pay for a belt if they get a belt and they pay for yeah. a badge, which I think is £5 for a belt and £2 per a badge. So yeah. don't really make a profit on it, but wasn't meant to make a profit on it, in a yeah. sense. Um, it was to give the kids something as a goal form. Yeah. But if they can't do that criteria, I had this one time where there was 18 moves of a movement that they had to do and a parent was distraught that the child couldn't do the grading. And I goes, yeah. haven't done it. They haven't done enough. They can't do it. Out of 18 movements of the grading, um, they managed three. Yeah. Why would I pass that? Exactly. exactly. It's so not good you to, can't. to anyone. Yeah, yeah. It's not yeah. fair for the child. Yeah. Given them a false sense of confidence and movement that they can do, eventually they'll, they've got to be told no sometime. But that's why I say sometimes they get shocked by the word no. It's like a fatal yeah. wound and be shot by the word. No, don't die. <laughs> exactly. No, no. Exactly. And you're like, they've got to hear it sometime. Yeah, definitely. Because it's, it's giving them false hopes. And I think that's like so wrong in that way. You might as well be that realism, that realistic. And that's something that I'll always say about the club. I'll mm. always say it because, whereas you know my background, and for that long time, obviously, I was out of the martial arts scene. And it was something that I really, I, I just knew that one time. That it's like I need to do this. I need to return back to my roots. Yeah, and my roots were always martial arts. It's fine. A lot of people have to drift from art, art and then leave the art, then come back yeah. to the art. And um, yeah. the longest I've had between classes for one lad was twenty-two years between yeah. his last class and the <laughs> next class. So people go, "I've been out for six months. That's nothing." Twenty, try twenty-two years between classes. And exactly. um, that, that's funny. Uh, the weird thing is now I teach the children of the adults I taught as children. Exactly. Which that makes um, makes me old. Um, but <laughs> I, I think I'll teach them when I was eighteen, so yeah. I have that on my side. But I think that's a good thing, and I, I know that's something that I found straight away with the club. It's a family. It's that tribe, and I know that's something that I've discussed with a lot of people. This idea of tribe and family, yeah. and we all do belong somewhere, and that's something straight away. Anybody who visits the gym. They'll see that straight away. It's like a family. We all kind of all mm. know each other. We'll we'll meet up, like say, at a Christmas party. I mean, obviously pre-COVID, um, but like really, when you look at it in that context, and that's something that I found straight away. It's like a family. It's a tribe. Everybody's yeah. there, and they're all helping each other, which is one of the great things. And and I can see that your passion is in that club. You have put that. Yeah. And I know something that I've wrote about before previously. And like I remember something you said to me, and it really stuck with us. It's like you sat there one time and you went, because somebody said about belts and grades, and that was a conversation. You said, I'm quite happy if all them gloves and pads are in order. Yeah. And I thought straight away, <laughs> yeah, <laughs> plenty of that, isn't it? 
Yeah. That's that's something that really struck, stuck with me. It's like that shows humility. Because yeah. you, you've put everything to one side. You're not bothered, like you said, you're not bothered about like the grades, the belts, the, you know, the achievements. It's, it's like if those can be in order, you're happy. Yeah. yeah. It's my OCD kicking in. Swords are going to be in the right place, going to be the right angle. I can tell if people have been playing with them. Leave my stuff alone. In that sense, it's, <laughs> it has to be that. Um, everyone, everyone should be like that. I think it's nice. And um, the reason why we started the AFC as a group, as a class, is because we're in a sports centre and we're in a hall when I was doing ninjutsu, so I was running two clubs. And I thought, why can't we just have a place where all martial arts could train together? No yeah. ego. As yeah. long as there were nice people, so should train in the martial art. So when we started the Gallagher Gym in 1992, I think it was, 1992, um, I was running it as a part-time basis. I still had a full-time, well, two jobs. Uh, full-time job, and was a doorman, and I ran the gym. So that was a bit of a, quite a bit of a juggle uh, yeah. to a point where the gym, the, the, it just got too much having all those jobs. So then I dropped it down to two jobs, so I had the gym and the doorman job. Yeah. But what it done is um, I wanted the gym so any martial art could come in and train as long as they were good with other martial arts that mingled. Yeah. Uh, there was no ego built in that one. Yeah. If you were a dickhead, you, were, you had to leave. Um, so, But that was before people cross-trained. Yeah. Now everyone will go to one gym, I do this and that one, I do that one and that one. Yeah. Um, nobody would even talk to each other. Yeah. Shukai wouldn't talk to ninjutsu, ninjutsu wouldn't talk to somebody else, karate wouldn't talk to anybody. I used yeah. to do multi-style courses, teach on them, and I would yeah. join in on the courses I wasn't training on because that's what it was. Yet some of the other instructors sat out and wouldn't do any other part of the other courses yeah. because they had done their bit. And the yeah. whole point of the multi-style course was to go and try the other things. It was exactly. fun. I could, I could make a mess of it and get it wrong, and it's not a problem. Yeah, because I know that's something that we, we've discussed previously. And I know that with those different styles and it's just martial, like you said, you've literally took the ego out of the martial arts because that has been a ruling for a long time in different styles, disciplines. And to myself, like, and I know, like, obviously you've had a lot of, you've done a lot in your life. And I know, like, obviously, you, uh, like, you've wrote the two books as well. Um, yeah. And that one, which is, I've got... Obviously, the, first, the original copy, and I know you've done the revamp as well with the, yeah. the, with the front cover. Um, and Somebody said my second. cover wasn't very good. <laughs> so they said you should, to revamp it. I was like, I really don't want to, but I yeah. did because I got told it was better. It would be better for it. But yeah. the second copy with picture, I wrote that. I drew that when I was 15. So I just used that one. Exactly. But that personalizes I think it does personalize it in that way. And I think as well, like you've, uh, you've, like you've, you've travelled. Like uh, I think, really, when you look at the, your bio over that period of time, it's quite extensive. And I think what you've always said it. Your highlight was Nigel Ben coming in. Oh yeah, that was one of the best and worst days of my life. Yep. Um, because no other club helped. No other, yep. no other club came. Um, I don't know why. That's up to them. That's not up to me. Um, but we tried to have a good day, and then he decided to throw the everything out the window and go, I'm going to do pads for three hours and I'm going to take yeah. everyone on the pads, which everyone thought was amazing. So yeah. all the people standing watching were like in awe of what he was doing and he was given yeah. his whole self. At one point, he ended up having coconut water. So yeah. then I'm towering his head and feeding him coconut water the side of the ring. I'm like, <laughs> I'm cornering Nigel Ben. What the fuck's happening here? <laughs> it was no good. It was such a good day, but oh, yeah. me and Kerry felt ill, basically, yeah. because there was so much riding on that day to go smoothly uh, and it was a lot of money um, uh, it even got to a point where the man that organised it, he actually overpaid her when he gave us some money yeah. I mean Kerry realised he overpaid her and we phoned him, he was at, we ran down to the car park yeah. and gave him X amount of money because he said that, he went and he, he said, it was weird, it was nice um, he says, no, not many other people would have done that, they would have just kept the money but me and Kerry would never be able to sleep that night if we'd done that. So, <laughs> I think that would have added the more stress and pressure on yeah, that day, wouldn't it? Yeah, so that was a good, it was, it was a good and bad day all at the same yeah. time. Uh, yeah. I couldn't enjoy it in the timing because basically I was doing so much. Yeah. So I thought I had the thoughts of training and all the warm started working on the pads and then realised I need more logistic things to do, so I had to stop. Um, but, yeah. but I really enjoyed it as an aftermath more than anything else. Yeah, it's almost like you took that step back and watched this whole 
this whole day then suddenly thought whoa you know what i mean i've just you know i've just been padman and nigel ben and it's like i know you when you walk around the gym and you you look and now see there's little ones like eddie brava yeah there's all these little different things and it's like historical but there's a lot of meaning to it there i mean you've, you've even got the gloves as well haven't you nigel ben yeah, got, as well yeah the thing is i used to go on seminars when i was younger just go on the seminar and come back home and people go did you get anything signed no did you do that? No, I didn't used to ask. I just used to do yeah. the seminars. So people, why didn't you get that signed? You're like, yeah, I should have got that signed. So I just like training. Yeah. Just like training with those people. You, you like um, we trained with Bill Wallace a couple of years ago, uh, and I actually got to take Erin because first yeah. trained with Bill Wallace about twenty five years ago. Yeah. So it was quite amazing to be able to take you like one of your daughters with him, and her look was my look. 25 years ago, yet my look hasn't changed. I still think, wow, Bill Wallace. <laughs> <laughs> the As we would say, that the fanboy moment, isn't it? Yeah, yeah. all the time. Where that way, I don't think I'll, I'll get out. I mean, with MEI a few years ago, and I was yeah. uh, got the honour to be uh, Uki for Brian Jacks. Yeah. Um, so I'm wandering around with Brian Jacks being his Uki. Then Bill Wallace was fanboying over Brian Jacks because he was all inspired by him. So then he came over and started doing the seminar with her. Then we all went for a coffee. So we're sitting having a coffee. I'm like, I'm sitting with Bill Wallace and Brian Jacks, but Benny the Jets coming in five minutes. And I had to try and like leave them without, oh my God, and go and, go and see Benny the Jets all in one day. How amazing is that? But that was just one of those things. You've got to do those things. They're the things that really inspire you. Yeah, definitely. Because I know with the, the martial arts show, that came around. And I know you got a very prestigious award as well. Yeah, yeah, but like I say, it's just, it's an award. Yeah. <laughs> Don't mind. Just the out of all that thing. I'd wear a suit. <laughs> That's what you probably think of, oh, what suit am I going to wear? It's that yeah. kind of thing, isn't it? Yeah, but no, it's, it's one of those things. I like, I like training. Like, I, I, um, I don't mind things, but I do, I prefer training. I like yeah. training, but. Yeah, definitely. Because I know, like, with obviously the injury side, and, and that's something that, that's where I can see your passion. I know we're, when we've trained together and, you know, and there's sometimes I don't, I see, do you know what it is? I'll see it in you. I see that little boy who never really grew up, who still loves that, that, you know, the, yeah. the excitement of it. And then that's what I see. I see when we watch the, the kids class and how they yeah. roll in it and there's no fear in these kids. And no. then, and then I'll see you and you'll do something. And then I'm like, and I think the best one had to be me wearing the helmet and I've still got the photo of you <laughs> choking. Out. I think you're doing the a helmet really shame. Shame. Yeah, the helmet shame because I kept looking down. And you well, can, when you wear the helmet, if you look at it in the context of the armor, you can't because you lose your no. postural balance. So putting that on for five minutes teaches you for a lot longer than five minutes. Oh, definitely. I think I'd, I'd never really, because I think my, my biggest mistake or downfall was I was kept watching my hands and you're like mm. you don't have to watch your hands it's your feet you have to worry about yeah kind of thing and I, yeah. and I think what it is and that takes us good on to the point where with that with that I know myself that I used to be very tense and I used to be very like and I'd be yeah. like overthink and everything until I stopped I did take a bit of time out of doing about three months because I had lots yeah. of injuries and knees and then I found that I was relaxed into it I yeah found it was, came back. you're so much difference yeah you you took yourself less seriously. I had to do it right yeah. perfectly all the time. In that sense, there's yeah. nothing perfect. It always yeah. work on the fuck up factor. Yeah. So Absolutely. somehow, somewhere you're going to fuck it up. So you may as well enjoy it if you're going to do it wrong. Exactly. Um, that's, that's not mean you shouldn't try the technique, but you should. Yeah. You, you are trying to do the technique, but it's not the end of the world if it goes wrong. Yeah. You just follow it from that. Really, yeah, but definitely. people don't want to do that. They want to do a picture perfect. I don't think there is a picture perfect technique. If it is, it was a fluke. Is yep. um, uh, Churchill says, "Well, upon stumbled upon the truth, most of the times you'll pick yourself up, dust yourself off, and carry on as if nothing happened." So, tend to do that. Really, that would be better. Yeah, definitely. Because I think that's something that I know myself, and we and we will say ourselves work on that, or you'll get that log jam. And that's what I like about the randori we do, mm -hmm. and you know, and that's just, that uh, that goes from not just in jitsu, but even kickboxing. You know, you can you can kind of transition a lot of things. And I think what it is, is I kind of always use that martial art mindset of when you look at it, if you've got good foundation, you've got good base, mm. then it kind of works on that mindset. You've got to start yeah. from that foundation, the basics, and then you can build it up. And I know that's something we can do a technique two, three, four times until you get that muscle memory. And mm. then, then it, it's almost like you're doing something about 
thinking you're doing it because yeah. you'll naturally be there in that place you need to Everything be. Everything started hitting your long-term muscle memory. The only problem yeah. is because if it goes in your long-term muscle memory, it goes from a conscious effort to a subconscious effort. Yeah. Subconscious effort, things will happen and you didn't realise you are going to do it. Like, oh, well, yeah. or you'll catch something and you didn't realise you are going to catch it. Or you'll see something and it'll move out the way, a natural reaction. But it's not just a natural reaction, it's a trained response that becomes yeah. a natural reaction. You've done that repetition thousands of times to a point where your body's attuned to it. In that sense, that's really what you're training for. Yeah, uh, it should be natural reactions, like Steve Morris says. You've yeah. got to like learn to just fight naturally with it. Yeah, yeah. definitely, definitely. Because I think that that that's really the part that I've always found that that transition in the mindset of like how I look at something, and now I, I and I think what it is with doing it so much that even my own way of thinking, I, I think of it as randori. So mm. when I'm describing something, or I'm doing something, or I'm doing like I might be doing like doing a presentation, I think mm -hmm. of Randori, I think of that movement, I think of that flow. So it's kind yeah. of like I kind of adapt a lot of things from martial arts into the way that I present something or the way that I put something. Because yeah. I think it's that you've got to have that free flow of movement in it. But also it's that learning to become, because we, I've always believed that we have become so comfortable with becoming uncomfortable because we've yeah. got these fixed ideas. And I know it's that- Like a moving zen exercise, really. Yeah. Definitely, yeah. definitely, because I know, like, and I and I know for yourself, and you always see these little quotes around, and I know the one, the, I, obviously, I'm a big fan as well. The gardener, in, in you know, is it that part where so he says the master says to him, you know, better to be a gardener in a war. Or yeah, rather be a warrior in the garden, a gardener in the war. At the minute yeah. you locked down, I've been a gardener, so in the sense, I've been a warrior in the garden for, for about three, four months. Where in that sense, exactly. you still train for war, but you'd yeah. rather have peace. But yeah. you, that means you haven't unlearned what you've trained for. Yeah. Uh, if you were a gardener in a war, you've got yeah. no confidence and no skill yeah. set. I'd rather be a warrior that sits in the garden, does pruning, things like that. And if I need to go to war, I'll go to war. Exactly. I've trained for that. It's exactly. the mindset that yeah. you want, as, as, as discussed yeah. quite a bit. It's how your mindset is. But your mindset creates your confidence of your technique. Like your basics Absolutely. create your skill set. Your skill set becomes a mindset. Your mindset yeah. becomes your weapon, really. Yeah, yeah. Because your your mind is that is almost like that ultimate weapon you've got. It is your yeah. greatest weapon you've got is your mind. Yeah. And I know that, like, that's something I, I touched on with Mark. And I said that I remember, and I think you probably remember yourself, that it's the same as the people who come to the gym. And I know that was that one time we were doing kickboxing, and I think we were just doing sparring at the time. And a lad came in and was pure. Let's putting the punches in. He was really going helpful ever. And I looked at him and I was like. But all you're doing is expelling energy. So I yeah. know we were sparring that time, and the lab was just putting this, he was, he was throwing as much as he could into it. I waited yeah. till I could see that defense open. Yeah. There was no defense, and I just, yeah, you know, I just jabbed, and that was it. Yeah. I caught him, and he was kind of went, like, whoa, you know, yeah. because it's like, I see that so many people think it's that energetic, you've got to throw everything into it. But yeah. it's almost like it's everything that you see, that whole mindset, it's better to be patient. Yeah, you got to have fun doing it. Yeah. Like, put everything into an element of fun. That's not mean you're belittling what you're doing. You're just enjoying doing it. A lot of people put, like, too much emphasis on has to be tense, has to be a fighter. Yeah. Fighters are more relaxed if they're relaxed, in a sense. Yeah. If you're too tense, you can go over it. I've seen it a lot, training fighters for years, where you see them being beaten before they get into the fight. You can tell that the body adrenals pitch went so high it's jumped over the cliff. I've never found a way of getting the person back when the adrenal pitch is dumped that far over. Um, and you can see them, they're there, but they're not there. Uh, I've just recently, when Conor McGregor was fighting uh, Cerrone, uh, Donald, I've loved Donald Cerrone, he just fights, he's a good fighter. Yeah. He always keeps himself relaxed and things like that. And he said he just got overawed by the start of the day. And he says he was in it, and it wasn't just because of that. It was loads of different other things. He says, I was in the change room. I didn't feel good because I was in the ring. It didn't feel great. Then I got shoulder. Then I got round kicked. Then I got knocked out. And he said, I wasn't even there when I was there. He says, that's... But for a fighter that skilled to say that feeling outright rather than like, oh, I just got beat, he said he wasn't there mentally. Yeah. Physically, he was present, but mentally he wasn't. And he says there was no reason why he shouldn't have been. It's just yeah. that he wasn't. Says sometimes, that, but that does happen with everyone. But yeah. it was so honest of him to say that because a lot of other fighters would have used any excuse 
and he didn't use an excuse. He used what he felt, yeah. which is exactly he got overawed by it. But you can get overawed by anything, like you said, like a presentation. Yeah. You can get overawed just by that situation. Um, I've recently overcome my fear of McDonald's drive-throughs. <laughs> I didn't like speaking on the on the phone. I've got a natural yeah. stutter. I've had a stutter since I was a kid. Um, so I stutter quite a bit. I try to keep it handle. I breathe differently to yeah. get the stutter so I don't do it. So I hated any drive-throughs where I had to speak on the phone. Yeah. Um, I didn't usually like take phone calls either. The same yeah. thing. Um, so now my I'm, I'm over my fear of McDonald's di- uh, drive-throughs now. Where other people would think <laughs> nothing of it, and I always put a massive fear factor in it. Yeah. Uh, so it's weird what one person's massive fear is for one thing is somebody's like I'll regularly do that and um, so it is individual and personal for that unfortunately because people go well you shouldn't be frightened of that you can't tell me what I'm frightened of exactly. um, I'm the chief spider catcher in this house yeah. there's spiders that could range from 70 foot which is probably not to about 3 inches long or a couple of millimetres yeah, every fighter, uh, every spider is like a, a mass enemy to everyone in the family apart from me. So <laughs> I have to go in and attack it, yeah. subdue it, trust it, and send it to wet and wild. Uh, so yeah. normally flush it down the toilet. Um, but it's weird what people don't like and do like. So everyone's different. Yeah. I think that whole fear, that's something that we discuss a lot. And I know that part, that's what I love about the BCA courses, the switched on courses. And I know that was that one time we were going up to... We were doing the, it was like, it was like going upstairs above the gym, and it was like yeah. I know we we feel Martin doing it, and it was just that massive adrenaline rush was yeah. upstairs, and we're like, who's around the corner? And it's kind of like you know the person's there, and you you've kind of you kind of can go over overthink it, mm. and just totally panic, or you can just take it in your stride. Yeah. And I think that was a really good demonstration of how you know fear can really kick. The weird in thing is that's only about six engagement, but it feels a lot yeah. more. Oh, but it because does, of that green pitch sits so high, you don't know what's going to happen the next. So because of that, yeah. you're over adrenal, so you get a secondary yeah. dump really quickly. So you lose your energy. You have to fight on anyway. You think your body relaxed. Yeah. I'll play mind games with part of the drill. So you think you're finished yeah. and you're not finished. Or there's two on one when there should have been one on one. So you get no, it's not allowed to be two. So in those, <laughs> those ones, it's always good to force a mindset to make you think differently because. People who are overconfident can get a massive overconfidence that are confident will disappear in seconds. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. And I think that's what it is because people always say that. You, you, and you know yourself, you get the armchair, you know, warriors who sit down and say, oh, I would do this, I would do that. Oh, I've done it you know I mean? differently. Yeah. You try and you go on then. Yeah. I'd be surprised how many people, we've discussed this before for the switched on courses where lots of people like it. I'm definitely going on it, put me down, I'm going to do it. Yeah. And you'll generally have the same number of people. Yeah. And then you'll get the, I'm, I'm sorry, I have to go and rearrange my sock drawer. Uh, yeah. My parrot died early this morning, so we're having a burial this afternoon. Everything's an excuse. Yeah. To do those courses is the pre-fight of putting your name down for it yeah. is actually part of the course. Exactly. Once, once you make it to the course, you've actually yeah. come, overcome a lot more than you think just to yeah. turn up. Definitely, because I think that's easy because you're already there. Yeah, because I mean, I know we used to use that as the the joke almost, like that that you're on the interested list. Yeah, you're on the interested list because that was this big interested, and you could see this this big load of people saying, "Yeah, I'm interested." And the people who turned up with about ten of us, and it was like it was always seemed to be the same people that would come on the courses, Mm. and you know, you'd have a few different people here and there depending on what the course was. Because you yeah. do like either you know you you're doing some, some kickboxing elements, some weapons elements, um, and I know there was one time we were doing the very that was the that was the adrenal one where you had people in your face screaming this and that, and I know there was yeah. a great great moment that I kind of I didn't realise it was done until you pointed it out, and I went and it's I don't know who somebody's coming in my face and I was screaming at us, and then I smiled and you went, I don't think you should be smiling. Yeah. <laughs> It's just an and act of adrenal. People giggle, people yeah. laugh and everything. It's yeah. all just acting of adrenal. It's yeah. a bit like having the worst thing happen. You could have died and seconds later in fits of laughter. You're like, I could have died. And you can't help laughing. It's just another path of the adrenal where everyone thinks fear factor creates a fear. It doesn't just create fear. It creates a nervous laughter. It creates loads of different elements that people think, yeah. well, I won't do that. So when they go, I'm not taking this seriously. I'm giggling, laughing. 
you are taking it seriously and your effect is giggling and laughing. Yeah. Sometimes the outward response is different to what people think it should be. You shouldn't laugh at a point like this. Like, yeah, but your body's reacting in that form. It's just yeah. another reaction. Some people go ash and white. Some people look like they're going to pass out. Yeah. But that, that's another reaction. They're all reactions. So your body is getting that. It's just it produces a different element. Yeah. Laughing at someone's face when they're allowed to punch you in the face might put them off, which is good. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. It's that, that shift, isn't it? That whole shift of the way you do things. I know the courses are designed in that way. And I think, but really, when you look at that way, you could look at it as adrenaline. And I know you areas such as anxiety. Mm. Anxiety is just literally that point where you get it's a, that, that adrenaline rush, that adrenaline mm. dump. And you know that you kind of start overthinking something, you start getting that anxiety build up. And it's yeah. the same as like being in, in, like, say, for example, being in the ring or sparring. Yeah. And I think it takes yeah. a lot to step up and spar. I yeah. know, like, you know, to get punched in the face, that's almost like humility in a way. Because, mm. you know, to step up there, and we always say, it takes more courage to step on, onto that mat or through that mm. door than to actually get into that fight. It was like in old boxing analogies when you used to go to a boxing gym. Um, they would throw you in the ring for the first even if you weren't very good. Yeah. And someone would punch your face off. Yeah. But you would lose two-thirds of the people that day because of that. Yeah. Um, really through the gym I want to keep those two thirds yeah. those two thirds want the training need the training more than the one third that wasn't bothered about the ring yeah. and technically the one third that's not bothered about the ring as soon as they find something slightly harder to do or an opponent that's harder than them or fights yeah. faster than them or beats them they tend to leave the yeah. slow plodders like the two thirds that find that adrenal pitch hard to cope with yeah. eventually become some of the best fighters yeah. The, but they need that help you still get the same result you just find a different way to do it uh, my coaches when I was younger were very hard on us a lot um, so I realised I didn't want to teach in exactly the way as I got taught so I had to yeah. find my own way of teaching I still get everyone at exactly the same point to say if they're going for a fight I'll still yeah. get them quite ready but there's different ways of getting people to a certain point um, everyone's different. They should be tra the individuals, not as a mass group, because everyone's yeah. different. Um, exactly. Because like I know. Because I know you've had obviously you've had people turn up and straight away like I want to fight, and you're like, well, have you trained? And it's like, no, but I'm going to fight. Yeah, I, I have doormen that'll come in after the first incident on the door, and they're like, John, will you teach us some self defence? I was like, no. but you're a doorman. They've lifted weights that looked good. And yeah. somebody went, you should work the door because you're big. Yeah. Somebody that doesn't care that they're big tries to knock the head off and then they suddenly yeah. should learn how self-defense. It's a bit like driving a car, crashing the car, who I think I'm going to learn how to drive. <laughs> exactly. You should do it the other way, but that never happens that way. The ego yeah. tends to write your checks, your body can't muster. Exactly. Um, so normally when they come to us after that, they're like, don't tell us anyone's training. Don't tell, us, don't tell anyone I'm training here. Why? Yeah. What are you frightened of? Because the ego is taking a dent and they're trying to get the ego back secretly. So the next time they can fight on, so it's very odd. Yeah, because I think what it is, is that's a great point on that. Because I know that was one moment, because uh, I know there was one course we did and it was with Martin. And Martin admitted it. He's, uh, you asked that question, who's knocked somebody out? Now, mm -hmm. Martin is like the human version of, a version of Kratos. He's, he's a big dude and he's like what has he got six foot two six two yeah, something like that he's a big dude and there is there is I have got pictures of me and Martin training and next to him I'm tiny I look mm. tiny next to Martin and but the thing is though, he, he put his hand up straight away and he was like yeah I have and you went how did it feel it horrible yeah. now this guy looks like he could crush you nicest yeah. guy in a, he's a big teddy bear but he looks like he could crush you but he admitted yeah. it straight away he, he was like I, I didn't want to when he did yeah. it he was like oh Oh, but then you've got people, like you said, you can have the ego side and you see a lot of that on the, on the doors. And I know you've obviously the, the years that you worked on the doors and how it all massively changed mm. massively at the point where now you, you admit yourself, you see people now on the doors and they're more interested in their mobile phones. Yeah, that's wrong. Customers. That's wrong. I mean, years ago, if anyone took drugs in the toilets, you would pull them out, throw them out. Yeah. Sorry, don't take drugs there. Uh, we used to yeah. stand on the system when they were taking cocaine on the system. So you put your yeah. foot on it. So they're like, no, my cocaine, you throw them out the pub. Now, I don't go to pubs often now because I don't want to do what you do. But you see them go in the toilet in twos and threes and you're like, you know what they're doing, but the dormant aren't doing anything about it. It's not run by the dormant anymore. 
somebody else is yeah. running the doors in a sense yeah. and it's now become the norm if you're not taking drugs when you go out you're probably in the mm, uh, the minority the majority yeah. is taking some form of enhancement as well as alcohol yeah. um, which is a sad state of affairs but it's perpetrated its own myth in a sense yeah. um, the door staff probably know all about it that's all I'll say yeah. Yeah, they they know it's happening, but they turn that blind eye. And I know that's been that oh. big shift. And I know that was that great story you t- you told us the time when like um, you were by the door and you went and you you shut the doors and it was bang 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 and you were waiting and then you were bump and popped yeah. it open. And yeah. you know it's these little these little stories and and I I love those because it's a, that old school, isn't it? The old school feels everything. Yeah, I mean, I didn't like, I'm not saying I haven't hit people, but I prefer yeah. to put them in a rear naked choke if I took them out yeah. of the bar, which to say you're frowned upon now, you're not allowed to do that. But yeah. I found people, um, I, if they kicked off and when I had the choke on them, I would choke them unconscious, but put them in a recovery position yeah. and then go back to work. And if they come round, sorry, mate, you shouldn't have done that. I'll see you next week. You're not bored. Yeah. And they would shake your hand. No. Where going in just punching people isn't the real idea way to do it. No. Where now they sort of restricted door staff into a point where the the controls that they're teaching to use on the doors don't work very well. Yeah. No. But they're very politically correct. The politically no. correct people that taught you how to do it don't go out. They no. don't have to stand there, somebody high on coke, swinging punches at people. You go right, remember to remember to strain his arm. Make sure your friend turns up for the other arm. And you walk them out nicely. That sometimes doesn't happen. Sometimes you're the only person there. So what would yeah. you do then? The only person they're really going to hurt after that is you, because you've told them yeah. they shouldn't. So yeah. I would rather take the risk of defending myself, and then worry about everything else afterwards. Exactly, exactly. Because I think what it is deal with that situation. I know that's something that's massively changed on door work and, and like you said it almost reflects society because a doorman almost like took that step back but like you said that and I think that really um, grounds onto the, like a really important part is that whole level of respect now that's something obviously with the club itself and everything really everything does begin and end with respect yeah I mean years ago I fought everyone working on the doors because I wasn't very big so they yeah. pick on me so yeah. eventually got to a point where if I was running into fights they would point out the people that were fighting or oh, he done it. Oh, thank yeah. you. And that yeah. was better. So they, like, you got a good respect, but you earned it. You earned yeah. it a really hard way because they normally fight you until yeah. they, they respected you in a sense, weirdly. Yeah, yeah. Um, so in that way, then I did stand there and take on people. I had yeah. to. I didn't have any choice at that point in time. But eventually yeah. it becomes full circle where a lot of the people I fought with were quite noted people um, became friends. And they would like, John, there's a fight. I didn't get involved, but they're yeah. there. Oh, good, thank yeah. you. So in that way, yeah. treat people how you want to be trapped, in a sense. Exactly, uh, exactly. Because I know, they like, didn't um, like it, they didn't like it. It's up to them, not me, really. Yeah, because I, I think that's something that really has shifted, is that whole level of respect. And that's not just, uh, obviously, like, in society, martial arts, society, everything has that reflection where, firstly, and that's why I always look at it, everything should begin and end with that like, yeah. level of respect. Uh, and I know everything just, should, regardless of what it is, yeah. whether it's martial arts or just be just talking to somebody else. Yeah, exactly. Like a skill like, set watching somebody do do a job and I ask yeah. their opinion of it. Yeah. And like, say if they're a plaster, I was like, well, what's your opinion of how to do this plastering? Yeah. Because they do that as a job. Yeah. Like I would ask their opinion. My opinion doesn't really matter at that point because basically I don't do their job. Yeah. Um, but people see martial arts and door staff sometimes is they can give you a right to give you an opinion. I was like, no, I don't want it. I really don't need it. But thank <laughs> you anyway. But it is the, that kind of thing, isn't it? People do know, think like, they've got the right to give you an opinion about anything. Yeah. But you can't go, listen, I don't want your opinion. Yeah. And they're like deeply offended. And you're like, well, no, you don't mind offending anyone else. Yeah. So if I offend you, you're the most offended person in the world. But you've been offending people all the time. Yeah, because I think that's what it is. People are kind of force-fed that like opinion now, isn't it? It's almost like you should listen to me, or you should, yeah. you know. And that, and we've seen it that many times. And that's, you know, we could. And and I think the best one's got to be the, you know, the Facebook warriors who sit there and they can they've got an opinion on everything. Yeah. It's this opinionated society, but there's no real facts there. 
And I think that's something going back to the actual club itself and the, the, like the way that you teach martial arts and the whole, like, the, the whole, it's, it is that way of looking at it. It's like with the club itself and, you know, your outlook, I know very much you keep it to those basics. You keep very, very grounded on every level. And and everything works on respect. There's no ego. You keep it very old school. I mean, even you walk around the gym, it looks like yeah. an old school gym, and that's what I yeah. absolutely love. It's got it's more very, paint on it now. Yeah, just a bit more paint now. Yeah, basically. But but I mean, really, your levels, your years' of experience. And I know I will put out there, obviously, on the stories, the books that you've done, um, and they're two fantastic books, very straightforward, but some absolutely amazing stories behind them. Because um, I'd rather people go Thank and read, you. yeah, reading not a problem, my friend. But what is is obviously I always like to ask. If you had one piece of advice, what would it be? Just to generally give it in life. Um, the the one we've just been really saying. Yeah. Everything should begin and end in respect. Yeah. To everyone. Um, people demand respect. You should never demand respect. Everyone should get respect. Uh, should people do wander around with that study like King and I ego? Yeah. Um, where everything should begin and end in respect. Be respectful to everyone. If yeah. they get to a point where they're disrespectful to you, you could overstep that line. But treat yeah. everyone nice. Why not? It doesn't cost anything to be nice to people. You would think it exactly. costs a million pounds, really. Um, yeah, that would be that. Be nice to people. Yeah, definitely. Because I think that's something that's really, really important. I think it is just going back to the basics of everything. And with the like i know with the club and your background and really when you look back i mean what would you say would be the highlight of all those years um if you could define it into one I'll, point or in, i don't think there's any they're going to do it it in one um i like helping people yeah um probably helping people i like yeah. that bit out of everything i like helping people if i can help people i will yeah. um that um, the amount of people that have been in and around, yeah, I still talk to people from all over the world, yeah. which is great. That's that's the nicest bit, connecting with people like that, that still yeah. chat to you now. Um, I think I like that sty style of it, in yeah. a sense. Um, so I think it's like that. Just help people if you can help people. Yeah, um, definitely. Because I think what it is as well, it, it, I know that photo, I absolutely love that photo. And, it's, it, and, and I think it really does sum you in that, up you're in the way. And it's usually, all you are, you're just sitting there next to the radiator, looking, looking out. And, and, it, and it, 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 it's such I was a watching great the photo. I was watching the yeah. grading. I was studying the gradings. I didn't even realise somebody had took the photograph. But it, I think it showed you as a person, how yeah. involved you get, how in-depth, that you, the absolute passion you could see in you, you were just, that had that passion and you just loved seeing this. Yeah, because people like get tables and things like that and I just sit on yeah. the floor, I'd rather yeah. sit on the floor and watch you do the technique because then you can, I can see your person. Like I don't want to see like you see people with a tie and a suit on sitting at the yeah. table and like you do everything. Just sit on the floor, watch them, watch the person, yeah. watch the technique, see the people. Yeah. No, you shouldn't I think that's degree, you should see the people really. Yeah, because that that goes back to what we were saying earlier on, and it's really you should, like you said, it's, it's you as a person. It's not the grade, it's not the belt, it's you as a person. And I think what it is is one of the great things, like you've uh, that you've said uh, as well. There was about the signature move. And I know we're just rolling down the last two minutes here, but I think that's mm. what it is, and it does it defines you almost. You create your own signature move, and that's not yeah. in martial arts. That's it, that's in every step of the way, well, isn't it? In life, yeah, everyone should their own signature. You can't. It's hard enough being yourself. Yeah. which we've talked about, about mindset and yeah. um, how being you. If you're comfortable with you, you should be comfortable with you. It's really difficult to become comfortable with yourself, though. Yeah. Everyone's, got, exactly. everyone's got quirks. Everyone has. Yeah. So in that sense, once you're more comfortable with you, you can be more comfortable with other people. It's really difficult yeah. to be comfortable with you. So if you can be your own signature, be your own signature. Otherwise, you're trying to be somebody else that you're not. It's hard enough exactly. being yourself. Exactly, and it's always like that lie, living that life of a lie, basically. You've lied your it way through. It must be very tiring. <laughs> like yeah. we talked about car type people for sanction. You go around yeah. angry all the time. must be hard. <laughs> must be awful going around angry all the time. So yeah. everyone's a mixture of all the sanction, so why not be a mixture of all the sanction? Be like yeah. that, but be, be at least yourself. Yeah, that, that, that's the best thing. Yeah, because like you said, you could be all those different, those different elements, but at least if you're yourself, you always reflect that. 
Mm-hmm. Um, and then I was just obviously rolling around in the last 30 seconds. So like I said, put the, uh, I'll put some uh, bits and pieces out on the stories anyway for the club, yourself, mm-hmm. or, you know, and put on the stories as well as the books and everything. We'll yeah. promote all that. Um, but it's been absolutely pleasure. You know, really? you know what I mean? You know, it's, then, like I said, obviously we'll be back, obviously 25th, um, and then start getting the bookers on. But thank you very much for your time. I wish you the best you. in all of the family. No, uh, take thank it you. easy. Thank you very much. You too. Thank you. Thank, thank you. you. Bye bye.